Hey, welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. Hey guys, this is a two-part episode featuring my good friend, Yuda. So I got there and uh, it was crazy, man. I remember like a lot of people in Madison were from Polk County. I don't even know where that is, but it sounds really bad because all of them got in trouble. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I got there. Um, I was there for a while and then I got shipped to like a work release part where we did like road crew work. Mm-hmm. So like we caught all the lawns, picked up trash. We had these vests on, like kind of like, you know. Like a Shawshank Redemption. Correct. <laughs> it was crazy, man. So I remember I finished, you know, you see a lot of crazy stuff in there, a lot of mental health stuff. What was the craziest stuff you've seen? Uh, they got this thing called a lock and sock. Mm-hmm. That was wild. I literally also watched another dude. Would, would they do it when someone was sleeping? Or I guess they do it when someone was sleeping and they like hit him, like they jump him with it. Yeah, so they literally, so we have these padlocks, man, like on the lockers, Mm -hmm. and like they'll put it in a sock, like a medieval freaking mace ball, (laughs) and like I remember I was in one time at like the canteen line, and this dude literally was like second in, in line at the front. And this dude literally just walked up nonchalantly. I'm like, oh, that's weird. He's cutting the line. Mm-hmm. And literally pulled this thing out. And, like, it, I, dude, it looked like he killed this guy. Wow. And I was like, oh, man, it looks like I'm not getting my cigarettes. I saw one dude just completely fillet his leg open, man. That was terrifying. On what? So you have to turn in your razors every so often. So, like, you're supposed to turn it in. But they don't really check, man. So they'll be like, oh, show me the show me the top. And then you put it in this bucket. Mm. So I guess this guy how somehow – and a lot of people popping out, man. They do the comb and razor so you can get haircuts. Like, mm-hmm. everything in prison is a huge hustle. This kid one day – he wasn't a kid. He was a grown guy. And I remember just hearing someone scream. And he, like, cut himself from, like, his ankle up to On his purpose? thigh. purpose? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll never forget that. Like, there was just this pool of blood. They freaking, they had the medics come in. They carted this guy off. You've seen people trauma hocked uh, off the wreck yard for like What's getting. trauma hock? Like, literally, like an outside helicopter coming in because some dude's almost dead, land on oh, the field. Oh, my God. And take people out. So they airlift them out. Yeah. So, I mean, my mom would even drive up there, which was like to an. To visit eight- you? Eight hours. Eight hours. So she drove on a holiday. I She'd remember. Like, hey, honey, how's it going? In She's there? like, hey, it's everything. You doing okay? I'm like, mom, it's fucking prison. <laughs> and uh, I remember she visited me on a holiday, and I remember vividly watching the TV and listening to the TV, man, and here in Augusta, Georgia. And I would keep thinking for like the first month, I'm like, dude, that lady in Miami promised I'd be by my house. <laughs> I'm like, this is nowhere near it. I remember I finally came home, man, and that was a probably the longest stretch in probably my 20s that I was sober. Mm-hmm. I remember while I was there, I was like, I've changed my life. I started exercising. I'm going to do well. I'm going to be healthy. Not going to go do the other stuff. But the whole time I'm in there, I never think I have a problem because mm-hmm. I'm like, I have a prescription. It's not really that You're bad. You're still doing prescription drugs. No, no, no. I didn't mess with it in there. No, no, no. But I'm saying 
at that point, you haven't transitioned to other drugs. You're just doing pills. Yeah. So I toward the end, before I went away, I started messing with like the tour and stuff like that. I got jammed up. And yeah. then that's kind of what took me out of it. But also right before I went in, I was dating this dancer. And I'll never forget. Like, like she, a figure skater? Like what kind of dancer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, an entertainer. Yeah. And uh, I remember like I remember one time she was like, hey, you're wasting your stuff. Mm-hmm. And she taught you how to shoot it. Right. And I was like, ew. I'm like, well, I'm like, I would never do that. I'm like, that's for junkies. But she was hot. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I was petrified of needles. And I remember the first time she did it, man, that was a wrap. Those and ballet dancers. They're the worst. They'd be getting you. <laughs> They'd be getting me. Okay, so, uh, okay, so you had shot up a couple of times prior to getting locked up. Yeah. But then when you were in prison, you're thinking like, you know, I'm done. But I don't have a problem, but I'm just over it. Yeah. And then what happened when you got out of prison? So I did well. I got a job. I was working in a restaurant in Palm Beach Gardens. I did well, man. I did well for probably about maybe six months. Mm -hmm. I met this girl there. She offered me one time after work, you want to go smoke some pills? I was like, oh, I've got X amount of time sober. Maybe this time is going to be different. Yeah. I'm not going to shoot it, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to do a little chase the dragon. Yeah, just two people hanging out after work, <laughs> knocking back some little, you know, tinfoil. <laughs> little tinfoil, no soot hands. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, like, when you're a drug addict, like, doing coke or, like, smoking crack, it really does feel like just knocking back some beers after work. Like, right. you get so used to it that you're just like, oh, well, you know, I've worked a lot. <laughs> I deserve just a little heroin on the tinfoil. Yeah. You know, and I started back up, and then I went back to the doctor. I went on this whole back thing, but then that's when I honestly went back to the IVUs. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was like, why am I wasting like this? And then once, for me, once I picked up that needle, I literally wanted to put everything in it. Mm-hmm. I want ibuprofen. Uh, you would shoot ibuprofen? No, but I mean, you know what, if I could. <laughs> I was like, damn, like, if you're dope sick, I guess. No. I was like, I've never heard that before. That sounds about right. <laughs> so I I put everything in it. You know, I just, uh, I tried the Suboxone. I've tried the methadone. I've tried mm-hmm. the weed maintenance. I've tried everything except abstinence and working a program. Hmm. In my life. And look, I used to hear about AA. They used to bring these speakers into jail. Yeah. And I would be like, fuck that. <laughs> Not doing that. I'd rather play cars, try and win a breakfast tray and watch Maury than. You wouldn't even go? No, for what? <laughs> wow. For what? This, have you heard a speaker though? In those in my 20s, no. So I you was, haven't even heard it? No. Never so even heard a speaker. Refused it. You didn't. Wow, that's I've so crazy. I've had judges tell me. I had, I used to, they used to like, before they stopped mm-hmm. offering me probation. Wow. They would be like, hey, you need to go to these AA meetings. You need to do this. You need to probably mm-hmm. see an IOP. Th-. I'm like, fuck that. I'll do time. This one time I had like a couple years clean. You know, your first couple years, you're just like emotional because things just like have flashbacks. I remember I was speaking at a detox and all these people were watching TV and they walked in and they were like, hey, like, you know, uh, H&I is here and I was going to go speak. As soon as they turned the TV off, like half the room left. And there was only like six people there. So like three left. And I remember like getting teary eyed, not because like of my ego, like they're going to hear me speak. But I was like, dude, I would have done anything to have heard somebody come and speak at my detox you know because i just started to think like dude i would have done anything to just hear one person be like dude you could get clean or i use just like you used they didn't even have to be cool and look like me 
Like if I would have been an old dude, I would have been happy. I would have happy as shit if I would have just been able to hear like some type of message in detox. So it's crazy how people have like the solution right in front of them and just walk right by it. I refused it. Wow. I just, I didn't think I really had a problem. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember. Well, your use was real like mild. I'm just fucking. Well, I've in your neck. It's not mild. So, but you I just. You didn't have a lot of housing issues. Yeah, too. but I mean, I just never believed in any of that. I thought it was this cold. Hocus pocus. Yeah, yeah, this hocus pocus, like this quick, like, oh, we're all going to band and kumbaya. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that. Yeah. If I just have willpower and don't do it, I'm going to be fine. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I pick back up. It's bad, man. I get really strung out. I'm stealing from my mom, and my mom is my angel, like mm -hmm. doing the G.I. Joe crawl to get the wallet. Mm -hmm. I'm robbing places. I'm robbing people. You know, I'm nasty using. Mm -hmm. It's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. By any means, like, I am going to not be dope sick and get my next fix. Uh, I start getting really bad, and my mom's finally like, hey, you have a problem. Will you go get help? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, well, I don't got any money. And I remember my mom's solution every time I was sick was she's like, you want a Gatorade? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, give me $20. I remember when I was dope sick, my mom was, I was like, I couldn't sleep. And my mom was like, you know, just eat a banana and a piece of salad. You go right to bed. I was like, bitch, are you crazy? Like four Xanax wouldn't put me to sleep right now. I've tried it. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is crazy because like when you're dope sick, literally Xanax cannot put you to sleep. Like when you're dope sick, you're in that much pain where it's that a level of alertness. Like I used to drink. I didn't even drink alcohol. The only time I drank was because I think it would like put me to sleep. You're just drunk dope sick. You feel worst. shittier. <laughs> yeah, you feel sick. You feel like sick as fuck throwing up and nauseous. You're like, this was a horrible idea. But I used to do it all the time even because it's just, what are you going to do? Just sit around fucking sweating your ass off in your bed? And I like remember also like cigarettes tasted horrible. Mm. What was weird was I remember every time I like came up with some money or like robbed some or did something crazy mm -hmm. and I knew I could get something, I would stop feeling dope sick right away. Like I'd be able to brush my teeth yeah. and uh, be able to get in the shower real quick. I'm like, oh, let me look presentable for the drug dealer. Mm -hmm. You know, I would be, it was just a sick cycle, man, for most of my 20s. And when my mom was like, you need help. And she's a registered nurse. She had no idea what to do with me. Hmm. And I remember she'd see my arms. She'd be like, what? I don't know why everyone, maybe it was just me. They'd be like, oh, what's wrong with your arms? I'd be like, oh, cat scratched me. Mm. And I remember like going to the hospitals. Uh, I remember uh, one of my childhood friends, his mom called me. And she was like, you know, how's he doing? And I'm like, dude, not good. He's got scabs on his arms. Like this kid's like, n you know, using hard. She's like, well, you know, he said he was clean. And uh, that thing on his arm was from the dog. And I was like. <laughs> I was an animal. I was like. And she was dead serious. And I was like, what? A dog bit you here? You think a dog bit him in his elbow joint? That's why it's fucking bloody and bruised? <laughs> And bro, or moms really believe it. Mm -hmm. And dude, it, I couldn't, I couldn't even believe that this woman thought her son was clean. I was like, have you seen him? He's bleeding on his arm. <laughs> like, like, it's sad. Yeah, It's sad to see. My mom literally didn't know anything I was telling her toward the end if it was a true, it was mm -hmm. the truth. Yeah. Like she was getting to a point where she was thinking she was crazy. Mm -hmm. I finally say, yes, I'll go get some help. And this was my first time at like treatment. So mind you, I'm very anti-God. I'm still upset. It's uh, the first time you go to treatment. Yes. I'm very anti-God, very upset, but I'll do anything for my mom. Mm -hmm. She's like the angel without the wings. 
So I don't have insurance. I don't know anything about treatment. So I think mm -hmm. I'm uh, 29 or 30, mm -hmm. give or take. She's like, I found this place where they can help you. I was like, all right, whatever. Don't really hear too much, but she's like, you need to get out. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. So she packs me up. She's telling me on the way there. It's like a nine-month Christian program. Yeah, it's a place called Faith Farm, and it's not a farm. Mm -hmm. It's on Oakland and Powerline, and there's like three blades of grass out there. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Faith Farm, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to be around animals. Maybe I can go fishing. <laughs> I'm like, this is good. This is what I thought. Yeah, the Salvation Army is like a real army. You're going <laughs> to fucking This is going to be great. You're going to get a gun and fucking go to war, and you'll be fucking chilling with your buddies. So I get there, and this guy Sammy comes out, but I can start feeling I'm getting dope sick. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I start talking to this guy. And my mom, I can hear her like taking the stuff out. While we're talking, he's like, you know, are you ready, son? Like, are you going to waste our time? Are you ready to do this? And I'm like, this dude's intense. I hear him talking, 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 but I'm not really listening. But I hear a nine-month program. I was like, I think I'm at the wrong place. My mom made a mistake. Mm -hmm. By the time I turned around, I saw her Toyota Camry. Mm-hmm making that right on power line. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm here. I stayed there for like 16 months. What? Yeah. Did you get into it? Did you drink the, the Kool-Aid? No, man. I, I don't know. Like, uh, once again, I'm okay in a structured environment. Mm -hmm. Like, at this point, I think I'm getting institutionalized. Like, hey, man, maybe this is it. County jail and whatever this freaking cult is, <laughs> I'm just going to die here. <laughs> but I won't be using drugs and shooting up. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah, I stay there. I complete. This time, I'm like, maybe I have a problem like with the hard stuff, but I don't have a problem drinking. Mm. The whole time I'm in there, I'm like differentiating like, oh, like a lot of guys are homeless in there. Mm -hmm. So you hear stories of like, oh, man, I sold, sold my mom's microwave. Or I ripped copper out of the walls. And in my head, I've never reached that low. Like mm -hmm. I'm top shelf. I got my stuff from Walgreens. I know my pharmacist's name. Me and him are tight. All you guys need to be here. You guys are real like alcoholic drug addicts. Mm -hmm. So I told myself, you know, in the end, I was like, man, maybe I can just drink. I've had all this time, but like seeing it now, my track record shows every time I pick up, mm -hmm. I can never, it always ends the same. Yeah. Like, well, you're still in your 30s. You got another 10 years to, right. to keep experimenting. Right, right. Like, I'm still good. So, you know, I hear everyone's like, oh, you don't do that, man. You're going to relapse. And every relapse, I'm like, you guys drank the Kool Aid mm -hmm. here. I put some weight back on. I'm in Omega school. I got my little certificate. I'm celebrating with the tall boy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, as long as I leave the pills and the Coke and the ecstasy, I'll be fine. I started drinking. And probably within a week later, boom, had a rig right in my neck. I left. I got kicked out because I lit the whole cup up. I started using, man, and I went on this run where I was just like, I'm not calling my mom. I'm going to figure this out. I'm a man. Is this when your life went in the gutter? This is when it went bad, dog. I went on this run. I actually got an apartment mm -hmm. off Broward Boulevard. I was like, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to do well. I'm going to keep working. Lost everything. I started getting dope sick, and my greatest thinking was like, man, if I can just get to work. So I can kind of function on opiates, mm -hmm. show up to work kind of, but, you know, you always get the stories that go, my tire's flat again, the dog got out, and you're sitting there waiting at the light for the dope man that said he'd be there mm -hmm. two hours ago, and he's right around the corner. You know, my greatest thinking was I tried getting off with Suboxone, tried methadone, I tried the weed. My greatest thinking was, man, I need to do upper so I can get to work. So back 
in the late 2000 teens, mm -hmm. there was this thing flocking around. So I was like, man, looks like these people are gassed on this. <laughs> I remember this guy, real solid guy from the bus terminal, mm. uh, was the like- The Broward bus terminal? Yeah. I remember- Everyone, they're so nice. Yeah, they're great stand-up people, <laughs> especially the ones by the McDonald's. Dude, I used to me. always think like, if you put a camera up there with audio, maybe five cameras and just live streamed it, it would be fucking on and popping. That bus terminal is insane. It is super it's dangerous. It's crazy, bro. You can literally buy anything there. Buy anything. Kidneys. People get stabbed there all the time. The cops are always in there. That place is crazy, bro. Because just like this little part. You know? yeah, that, that, it's, like, it's like a little concrete. It's Iraq. like that McDonald's and then like that bus terminal. And then it's like that little uh, park. Quick, quick mark there. Yeah, that yeah. park. And, and that that area is so bad. And then you have like fucking La Sola. La Sola. Louis Bossy. <laughs> So, that steakhouse, yeah, like a vegan spot, <laughs> uh, fresh kitchen and everything. It's just yeah, so just nice. Right there, uh, twenty feet behind it. So I start using this man, and like I'm not really an upper, but at this point, man, I just don't want to feel bad. So mm -hmm. I will take anything that will kind of make me feel normal. And uh, I don't know how normal you'll feel on this stuff, but uh, flock is an upper. Yeah, yeah, I guess right? it is bad, man. Someone described it as like LSD and meth. Instant psychosis every time I did it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, like a crack psychosis. Yeah. Like shadow people. Man, I'm shadow don't, people. don't get me started. They're out there. I've seen it. <laughs> it. It just got really bad. And I remember I was doing that. Uh, I ended up losing my job. I worked on Las Olas. Uh, that was frowned upon. Mm -hmm. That was also the place I told you where I told them one time when I didn't come in, I got kidnapped. You told me I got kidnapped. I was like, I got kidnapped. But I was like, they're oh. like, why didn't you go into work? You're like, they kidnapped. They, I got kidnapped. Like I owed some people some money, and it was just crazy. And I was running around cis trunk, just high as hell. They called you Chino. They called me everything. They called me Trump. <laughs> they called me can't get right. I didn't even know I was. They an called insult. you can't get right. Yeah, bro, it was bad. Like I used to have money. Uh huh. And they'd be like, bro, no, we're not serving you on this block. <laughs> like you're out of control because I mean, dude, I would like rob people like little super glue bottles. Uh -huh. I would snatch those. Like I would snatch it. Like I would super glue bottles. What do you mean? They used to like sell crack in them down here. Super glue bottles. You've never seen. I got clean in 2008. Oh maybe. my bad. Anyways, <laughs> they have these little empty <laughs> super glue bottles where they keep all the crack in it. Super glue. Like, like the those little, cans. Like the little glue sticks. And they just they keep them in the. They keep crack in there. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Big boulders. I remember I was just such a tyrant at that point, and like the flock ran out. And then my best thinking was another great guy I met uh, on the streets was like, hey, man, why don't you try this? I'm like, what is that? And by this time, I'm like, ew, I'll never do crack. And I told Oh, you haven't smoked crack at this point? At this point, no. So like- Welcome to the party. <laughs> game changer. So yeah. I remember doing that, man. That was it. So I had like this little mo, like little car. I had whenever that happens to someone's story, they get clean right after that because it's like there's only so much you can really stand. <laughs> so like instant first step for me. It's like, dude, I did opiates for 20 years, smoked crack for one weekend, got clean. <laughs> so I'm out there from probably after I started on the crack thing, mm -hmm. I probably lasted out there for about a year, uh, maybe about a year. Okay. So I lost a car. I had this little Hyundai Sonata. The apartment I had turned into a trap house. Man, I was homeless and mm -hmm. I was okay with that. You know, I was out there sleeping by that bus terminal in that park. I kind of claimed this bridge on Broward by the days in. Uh, it was like a little waterfront property. Well, how long did you live there for? Outside? Yeah. Or at the days in? How long were you outside for? Close to a year. 
Wow, you were literally homeless for a year? I would bounce in and out. I would break into, like, new, like, buildings. That, that they were, were recently built. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, pop the window. Up, eh, this is my new home. And then people come in the morning mm-hmm. and then, like, get out. So I just honestly That's was— rude. What? <laughs> you waking, waking a crackhead up. How dare you? Hey, man, I'm sleeping here. <laughs> I just literally was just doing anything, honestly, to survive, man. Mm-hmm. I was uh, Anything that wasn't bolted down, I was stealing it. I was, like, robbing homeless people, which was crazy. Like, how bad is that? Yeah. You know, I used to ride around with, like, these bolt cutters and, like, these wire clippers. And I used to, like, just boost stuff, man. Mm-hmm. I kind of even burnt all my bridges, like, even in the bad areas. I mm-hmm. remember, like, out there smoking and, like, this guy was like, dude, you need help. I'm like, bro, you've been homeless for, like, 20 years. Like, we're both smoking crack. <laughs> you know, so I remember, like, this moment uh, I was walking across the Burger King. On Broward Boulevard, there's a, a gas station right across the street. I get in a lot of trouble, so I almost get jammed up. So I'm out there in this trunk. I got in trouble down here by mm-hmm. the McDonald's. So there's these two cops. They call them Batman and Robin. Like, that's their little area. <laughs> really? So I had this reputation. Like, so wait, people in the hood refer to them as Batman and Batman Robin? Batman and Robin. So, so like, yo, Batman's over here. Batman and Robin are on the prowl. Like, don't mess around. I would take off. Mm-hmm. crackhead bro like you're you're out yeah i remember i was about to use and like they saw me coming around that alley in the mcdonald's bro and they like literally pinned me he like mm-hmm. pulled up in the car like knocked me over on the bike pinned me i got a possession charge so that was the first time i got in trouble down here mm-hmm. possession of a stamp yeah so i had possession of that um i had a rig so i get jammed up I eventually, um, I think I got out. I forgot I, I got out. I think my mom bonded me out. Mm-hmm. So I'm back out. Um, I disappear again. I'm out by the trap house, and I'm on bond. So I'm all high. I'm all messed up. Mm-hmm. This cop was like, hey. So they had a fight out there, and they're like, what are you doing? So I have, I know I have drugs in my pocket, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm not going back to jail today. The cop was like, I remember he was like, hey, come here, come here. And I was like, what, what? And I start getting on my bike and like riding in a circle. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, man, come here. I'm going to tase the shit out of you. Right when I heard that, I started pedaling. Mm-hmm. And I just started cutting through people's yards. And this guy was like, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to shoot you. And I was like, oh, my God, I hear voices. So in my head, I'm like, maybe he won't shoot me if he thinks I'm crazy. Yeah. This guy starts chasing me all through cis trunk. I pull out on the Broward Boulevard. There's the Dunkin' Donuts. So I hop my bike over the curb, mm-hmm. and I start pedaling back there, and I run out of road. The only thing I see out there is, like, a left, which is a dead end, and I see a dock. My first thing was, like, dead end, I'm going to jail. I'm going in the water. Mm-hmm. Peel off on the bike. I take off <laughs> on the dock, and I'm literally swimming in this intercoastal with my shoes that don't fit. Mm-hmm. Maybe 110 pounds, uh, cracked out, heroined out. And I'm, like, just swimming. I have no idea where I'm going. And this guy's like, I'm going to tase you in the water. But I was in the middle. He couldn't tase me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm swimming, swimming, swimming. You just start hearing all the cop sirens come up. I was like, this is really bad. I'm going back to jail again. On the right side of the Days Inn, there's, like, this dock. And this guy was like, hey, man, come on up. He's like, it's over. I remember looking at him and I was like, man, I can't keep doing this. Like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I got blisters on my feet, half a shoe. So there's like this, there's the dock and there's like this little drain hole Mm -hmm. on the side. So in my brain, I saw the cop and I saw the drain hole. And I don't know why, but the drain hole to me looked like freedom. I acted like I was giving this dude my hand Mm -hmm. and I darted off down this drain hole. 
Um, and like, how deep was it? What, like, so by the time I could stand up, so it's probably like one of those drain holes, like from that come out from the sewers. So I'm like, I'm so not warm. What the sewer? The water, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. It smelled good. <laughs> no, it was it smelled so bad. But it smelled better than going to jail that day. <laughs> so I'm like taking off down this sewer, and I can hear them literally running. Mm-hmm. And I hear the dude that grabbed my hand, and he's like, "I'm gonna beat his ass when I get him." Wow. So I'm taking off, taking off, and I get past like the first grate, and then I hear someone there being like, oh, he didn't pass us yet. Then I hear someone else being like, oh, we're going to go to the next one. So are you like running? I'm like, like I can kind of crouch like a little leprechaun, and I'm like- Is there roaches or what's in there? I don't know, man. I was all cracked out and heroined out. I just that didn't. sounds horrible. But I, it, to me, like that's the insanity. Yeah, like, not I, going to prison. I was just yeah. like, I'm going back to prison. Mm-hmm. So I'm like running down there and I hear him on both ends now. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, bro, this is it. And I'm like, uh, maybe I'll just wait them out. I hear them saying he's still in there. And I could see through the end of the tunnel on this side, there's like Florida Marine Patrol in a boat going oh in circles. God. I hear an ambulance. This is like a hundred grand of, can- of tax money. This is just wasted for a freaking old dumbass <laughs> junkie in the sewer. I remember they couldn't get me out. They Did start they go in there and get you? So they started sawzawing uh, one of the sewer crates so they could pop the other one. Oh, my God. So I heard them sawzawing it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, sucker. So the water was probably enough to where I could like lay down. This isn't a sewer. Mm-hmm. So I'm like laying there on my back with my nose sticking up. And I'm like, they'll never find me in here. So there's a thing. High tide is coming up. Uh-huh. The sun's starting to go down. That water starts getting really cold. And so when that Marine Patrol boat was going in a circle, my head popped out of the water one time through a wave. Mm-hmm. So the lady's like, I see you. And this is, I've probably been there. They've probably been waiting for about an hour and some change. Mm-hmm. I'm all cramped up from like hypothermia Mm -hmm. and I couldn't move. So the tide is going up. So I'm assuming when it's high tide, like that tunnel's completely full. Mm -hmm. So the lady comes down there and like literally grabs me by my feet in like the little poncho thing. And she's like pulling me out and I'm like a freaking zombie locked up. They pull me out, man. They put me in an ambulance. You know, my skin was gray. You had ditch your paraphernalia there, right? Oh, yeah, that's got to go. Okay. <laughs> that's got to go. And Never uh, found it? No, it's the water. It's I'm just making them. sure. I'm just making sure I they ditched. planted some shit on you. <laughs> no, <laughs> They're no. like, we got this crack pipe and this bag of heroin. <laughs> no. You're going to jail. It was bad, man. They put me in the ambulance, and I'll remember this never. And, and I've tried uh, finding this guy. Mm. So this cop was like, dude, you're a mess. And he's like, I know. He's like, there's not too many Asians running around here causing hell. And he's like, you need help. Maybe he'll he'll hear this episode. I would hope so, because I've tried finding a man. Wow. And he was like, "Uh, bro, you don't need to go back to, like, you need help. I remember them handcuffing me to the bed, and, like, they started giving me all these IV fluids because of my IV use. Like, my kidneys were shutting down. I was very malnourished. He didn't arrest me. Wow. I remember, like, being handcuffed to that bed, and he was like, bro, go get some help. So something else, I, I, I used again, just I, I don't know why, I used for a few more days, and I literally walked across to a payphone, and I called my mom. All the people that were selling drugs were like, hey, man, your mom's been looking for you. Wow. So she'd come up from Palm Beach Gardens. Come Drive up around Fort Lauderdale. In the hood, oh one, two God. in the morning. They were like, I remember this one old school guy was like, man, I should beat your ass. He goes, my mom's not even alive. And he goes, a mom that loves you like that. And you won't go home. You're an idiot. 
I just wasn't done. So I called my mom. She left work. She actually bought me like this life insurance policy because she thought I was going to die. Mm. And I actually went to treatment for my first time over here in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was actually introduced to 12-step meetings. To 12-step recovery. Mm-hmm. I needed that, man. I well, actually, it's crazy it took you that long to get introduced to the program. I just didn't want to hear it. You wow. couldn't tell me anything. I thought it was for suckers. <laughs> I literally thought that because I was like, yeah, no, so one gets, no one gets sober. Yeah. Everyone in, I hung out with either was, like you said, on Suboxone for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. They were in prison. They were like dead. In between using or dead, yeah. One of the two. So mm-hmm. like I never heard about recovery. All the guys like gold grilled up, chained. Like you no know, one was being like, hey, let's get help. <laughs> they were like just up to no good, like just bad stuff. So I got introduced, man. I had this great therapist was just, he was an old school guy. Mm -hmm. He literally just pretty much told me to shut up. And he was like, you need to learn how to do these steps or you're going to die. At this point, I was so broken, which I'm super grateful for Mm -hmm. because I was open to anything. I said, you know what? What I was doing out there wasn't working. This might work, but I got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Let me try this out because these guys kind of look happy. And they also took me to my first meeting out there. Mm. I went to my first meeting and I freaked out. Everyone's smiling. Mm -hmm. They want to hug me. They're all drinking coffee and telling jokes. And Mm -hmm. in my head, I'm like, no one here is sober. I'm like, they all find out how to successfully use Mm -hmm. and drink. I'm like, I'm going to find out. so weird because when I went to meetings, I don't think that I thought these people were lying. Really? A lot of people think that. I think when I first got clean, like, dude, I would see people with years clean and just hear them talk. I'm like, yeah. Like, I just knew that they were drug addicts. And I knew that they weren't using because I know what a using drug addict looks like. So I, I know the difference between a clean person and a using person. Like, I can tell. But this was something different. This was like a person who has used really hard and is now clean. I like could tell that they used to be drug addicts and now that they're clean. I was like, the way that they talk and interact and the detail in their story, I just don't see people making that shit up to fucking... And like no one was trying to sell me a book. It's like they're trying to sign me up for something. So I was like, I don't know, for some reason, like when I went to meetings, I thought it was genuine. Maybe I was just like young and naive. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't know. So I was a taker my whole life. Yeah. So like if you didn't have dope and you didn't have something I could benefit from, you know, I'm the guy that's got a freaking pill bottle in my pocket full of pills Mm -hmm. with the cotton or the paper towel stuck in it so it's not rattling saying I'm sick. Well, this person's got half a pill and I'm taking her half a pill. Begging, begging yeah. for it. Please, uh, I don't have any. I'm so sick, you know? So I was just that guy that like, if there's some- your wallet, help you look for it. No, I'm not helping you look for it. I'm out. <laughs> Give me the fucking wallet. I, mm-hmm. I never knew of someone like genuinely wanting to help or like being happy. So like that whole time, I was like never, I guess I was happy when I was locked up. So I really thought like that was it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, these people just kind of like broke me down, honestly. You know, thank God for this guy, man. He was just telling me and, they, you know, they'd always, uh, I thought they wanted something from me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, jokes on them. I got like three half smoke 305s mm-hmm. in my pocket. Like I have no money. I got nothing. So I first thought when I saw the basket go around, I'm like, oh, this is what they want. They want money. Mm-hmm. I kept sticking it around and I started asking people like what this program, because I was interested. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know if I fully committed yet. And I heard this older guy speak one time. He's my sponsor today. 
he just dropped these bombs, man. And I was like, dude, this guy just like told my story. And mm -hmm. I remember I got goosebumps and I kind of wigged out. I almost left the meeting. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what this guy's got, but this therapist guy keeps telling me, man, like you need to have that or you're going to die. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember asking him to be my sponsor. This guy was no joke, man. You know, very big on the literature. You could just got that aura, man. Like these old timers got that aura mm -hmm. when they're doing the deal. Yeah, they're like glowing and yeah, they have so much knowledge. And you just like look at them like, dude, like how? Genuinely inside, I thought he was like full of shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe I'm going to find it out. Or, yeah, you're going to figure it out. Right. Yeah. Or if he's telling the truth, like maybe I kind of When I read that. the literature in my fellowship, that's how I felt. I remember like reading the book and be like, I'm going to figure out all the loopholes. And, and I, I thought I was going to figure out, like, some contradiction stuff that doesn't make any sense. And the more I read the literature, like, I'm a pretty smart guy. Like, you know, I like to read. Like, you know, I did pretty well in school without studying, even on drugs. And when I read the book, I was like, this whole thing makes sense. Like, it just mm -hmm. makes sense. So that's he told me to do the same thing. He goes, read that book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love to read. Uh, I mean, even today, I like to read. Socially awkward. Mm -hmm. uh, I like chess. Wow, I didn't know that. I'm comfortable today, like, with who I am because mm -hmm. of this program. So I was like, I've been longing to find that for a long time. Mm -hmm. where I'm, like, comfortable in my own skin. People call me weird all the time. Uh, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll take it with a grain of salt, but uh, it's okay. I have a lot of weird quirks. Uh, but you that's can't fine. be weirder than me. <laughs> And, I did uh, some weird stuff before we started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so this guy uh, just starts schooling me, man. Mm -hmm. I remember this this counselor was like, bro, you're not leaving here until you memorize these steps. <laughs> that's funny. And I was like, bro, I'm getting the hell out of here. But I honestly had nowhere to go. Like, where the hell am I going? Mm -hmm. He put me like in this hot seat. Uh, I took off the first two times I was there. And like, I was like, I can't do it. I mean, the first time I checked in, man, I looked like a cracked out Goku. Like my hair was mm -hmm. all froed out. My skin was gray. I remember telling the clients when they saw me come in, they're like, that dude's not staying in my room. He's going to steal my shit. <laughs> and like that kind of hurt me, man. Wow, you know what I mean? that's crazy. That's what people said about you. Yeah, because I looked crazy, bro. Like, And is this like a private treatment center? Yeah. Yeah, they're like, this homeless dude's not staying in here with us. He's going to steal my fucking shoes. I had a Winn-Dixie bag, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and like my shoe, like the – it was like when I walked, it, it, talks. Was, it was yeah. talking. <laughs> I just kept, I took off for the, cause I was terrified, man. Uh -huh. I think the third time in the same week, you know, I was just like, you know what, man, uh, I got to try this cause mm -hmm. this is not getting better. So I stayed, they took my shoes in treatment cause, uh, I kept taking off. But this guy, this therapist literally like started digging. And I remember I kept going to him and asking for like more homework. Wow. I just know like what I was doing was not working anymore. I got to the point where no matter what I had in me, it just stopped working. Mm -hmm. So like I always tell people like I'm pretty honest. If it still worked, I'd probably still be doing it. Mm -hmm. But it stopped working and like even just to use to be normal, like was still miserable. Yeah. You could have a fucked up day. You could just rob someone and like you're getting all those text messages, you piece of shit scumbag. And you're just like, whatever, dude. And you fucking get high and fucking that shit's just all gone, dude. You could have you could have a drug test the next day for court and you just fucking don't give a fuck. And then there comes the point where like you get high and then it's just like nothing happens. <laughs> you know, it's like your life still fucking your life sucks that bad. And then you wake up and like I remember I still remember waking up and remembering who I was 
an instant, like, that feeling of, like, I want to wake up and be somebody else. And I would wake up and remember who I was and just be like, fuck. Here I am again. Yeah. Why did I not die? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, toward the end, man, yeah. like, I welcome death. Like, yeah. I was literally too chicken shit to blow my brains out. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to blow half my face off. And then be scarred for life. Scarred, you know? And I remember there was points where I was like, I'm just going to run into traffic. Mm-hmm. And then, like, toward the end, I just kept uh, doing enough drugs just to hopefully not wake up. Mm-hmm. But every time I would wake up, wake up in an ambulance, I'd wake up in my car, wake up on a floor. Mm-hmm. That was honestly my my out, I thought. When did you start getting super committed with recovery? Toward the end of the th- my treatment stay. So I kind mm-hmm. of made this decision like, bro, you're either going to do this or you're not. Mm-hmm. Thank God for the sp- my sponsor. I remember he told me, man, he was like, he goes, your track record shows like it's inevitable before you die. Oh, and you're an opiate addict? You're definitely going to die. Mm-hmm. And like at first I thought he was rough on me, but thank God he didn't sugarcoat anything for yeah. me. He literally told me one day when we were meeting, man, he goes, uh, you give me 70% or I think he said 60 or 70% toward what you put into using towards your recovery. Give me a year. He goes, if you don't like it in a year, I'm going to refund your misery. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this old guy talking about? Yeah, people just talking in weird cliches. Yeah, like, they're like, the hey, keep coming back or mm-hmm. just stay. I'm like, what the fuck is it? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. But I'll never forget that. And he goes, give me a year, kid. And he goes, shake. And I said, all right. Uh, no, he said, give me a year. And he goes, and if I'll even refund, I'll give you 20 bucks. <laughs> I said, shake on it. I just started following this guy, man. It was, you know, you hear a lot uh, about he's the- still f- your sponsor today? That's still cool. my sponsor. I think he just celebrated 34 years. Wow. How long have you been clean? Six. Six. Six years. Damn, so you're pretty new in the program. I still consider myself a newcomer, man. Wow. Yeah, when I had fucking six years, I was like freshman in college. Stop it. It's true. I genuinely just committed, man. Wow. I followed this guy around like a groupie, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I still do the stuff I did. I taught in early recovery, man. You know, and I did the things they suggested. I stayed out through their program. Mm -hmm. I did halfway. That was crazy. But honestly, halfway was probably some of the best times I've had in my life. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. I never went to halfway because my parents wouldn't let me. But I was at halfways more than I was at my own house. I was at halfway. (laughs) I always tell the story. I was at halfway so much I got bed bugs and brought them to my parents' house. My parents live in like this nice gated neighborhood. And I brought bed bugs there. My parents were like, what the fuck's the matter with you? And dude, at first I was like, what the fuck? Like, why? Why don't... And they were on my face, dude. I had those, you know how they bite you in a line? Dude, I used to have them on my face. And I remember like being, I thought it was a rash. I was like trying to figure it out. And my one friend was like, uh, you have bed bugs. He's like, you probably got them from us. We have them in our couch. And I was like, what? Why, like, why didn't you tell me that? He's like, I don't know. I was embarrassed. I was like, bro, sitting on that couch waiting for you to go to the gym. What the fuck? <laughs> and then I was like, I got bed bugs. Like it was a badge of honor. Like it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're official now. I felt like such a loser for not being in Halfway. I was like, Mom, let me go to Halfway. All my friends are fucking making fun of me because I live at home. She's like, you're not going to Halfway, Brian. You got to fucking go to class tomorrow. Yeah, Halfway, that first year clean. And there's just something special about living with such minimum needs. Getting excited over, like, such little things. Pack of cigarettes. Being able to go to sleep on your own. Just laughing. Just hanging out at the Halfway. And, like... Dude, like with addicts, like when we hang out with each other, like we just have a good time doing anything, Mm -hmm. you know? It was all like new to me, man. Like this was the first time where I was actually not 
having a substance in my body and I was like kind of in the free world, even though I was like in halfway, mm-hmm. which is kind of like purgatory. But I was like, I was kind of doing it and I felt like responsible. Like mm-hmm. I was paying my rent. I was going to work and like I paid my phone bill. That mm-hmm. was like the biggest joy. It was like every little thing for me because I was just so beaten and broken. Like I needed that. Mm-hmm. I was just grateful for literally everything. Like, you know, I'd see the the sun come out. Yeah, it feels like someone just turned on, like, the fucking TV in color for the first time and, like, waking up in the morning. Yeah, just a cup of coffee. Just happy, yeah. And, like, not sick and being a slave. Yeah, watching, like, the sun go down. Because when you're using, you don't see anything. No. Like, you don't see the—I remember my first Christmas. I remember, like— seeing the Christmas lights go up. Uh, even in Florida, I remember being like, I can't even remember the last time I noticed that shit. I just remember going to the pawn shop. Like, why the fuck are they fucking closed? They're like, oh, it's Christmas. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Close without Christmas. <laughs> fucking losers getting zero hustle. <laughs> fucking get a life. So uh, how did you mend your relationship with your mom? So my mom, she was always like my number one supporter. Even after all the stuff I did in the hell, I put her through, man. Like even after a few, uh, I could have like five days sober and she'd be my number one supporter. She'd be super so proud. Yeah, she'd be like, oh, here we go again. We're going to do it this time. Wow. But this time she started going to church, all the stuff I put her through. Mm-hmm. She found like this program. Yeah, or the you fellowship. were so fucked up. Your mom had to go to church. Correct. <laughs> she found God. She started going to church, man. Wow. You know, she was a little standoffish after even I think after like she would always call me, but she didn't like really invite mm-hmm. me home. Uh, she would come visit me, but she didn't really invite me home. My brother, on the other hand, you know, I got a uh, congratulations on my first year. You stopped doing drugs and alcohol like a normal human. <laughs> and that's what he said when he had a year. That's what I and I was angry because mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I got a year. Like, how could you do that? But my mom, number one supporter, you know, I think at three years, I got a hug from my brother on Christmas. Wow. Your brother didn't hug you till you had three years clean. Oh, he didn't trust me, man. I floated yeah. checks from, I did a lot of bad yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's crazy because when you see those kids who are like, you know, I have 90 days and my mom won't talk to me and, you know, my brother won't let me borrow his car. You're like, what, dude? <laughs> Shut the fuck Shut up. up. Shut up. <laughs> So that's cool. So is your mom super proud of you now? Yeah. My mom is still kind of in disbelief. Really? Yeah. Because all the stuff. She honestly will even ask me. She's like, you still do the meeting things? Because sometimes I'll call her or she'll call and I'll be texting. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm in a meeting, about to speak. I'll call you back. She'll be like, you really still do those? And she's like, but you've had a little bit of time. And I'm just like, Ma, not really, Ma. You gotta say, Mom, you, you still go to those, you still go to church? Yeah. I thought, did you learn all that shit already? <laughs> so she's, How often are you gonna keep going to that fucking church? Yeah, that's wild. She's just super proud. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she always tells me, uh, you know, I'll always call her, you know, every year that I pick up. But, like, what's even better is now that I can help my mom. Mm -hmm. So, like, I help her with, like, anything she needs. You know, sometimes she drives me crazy being sober. She calls me now and I pick up. Mm -hmm. She needs something down the house. Like, oh, the screen's messed up in the door. You know, I'm driving Mm -hmm. an hour because that's I'm doing my part. Mm -hmm. But our relationship is amazing. Mm -hmm. My brother's. Little rocky still? Still a little rocky. This 12 steps have given me something that I can never really put into words. So, like, mm-hmm. it's crazy how, like, it continues to evolve for me. So, like, the stuff I believed in 30 days, 90 days, a year, 18 months, mm-hmm. two years, it just keeps evolving. For me now, I believe in God. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I tussled with that. That kept me out for a little bit. 
one of these old timers were just telling me you to uh, you need to believe in something other than yourself. Mm-hmm. And old timers like don't uh, don't say doorknob or I'm gonna freak <laughs> out. But he's like it's got to be other than you. I picked my dad in the beginning. Wow. I got sober for my mom in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know if I wanted to do that, man. But I just knew I wasn't going to keep continuing how I was living. You know, my sponsor was like, man, do that until you can learn how to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it really took off for me at about eight months. So I had this loud voice that kept telling me to go out. Mm-hmm. And uh, something just clicked after about six, seven months, man. And I was yeah, going. People don't realize it takes so long. I wanted to use every day for like nine months a yeah. year. Like it was screaming at me. Yeah. But I was like so determined of hearing like listen to my sponsor, not letting like this old guy down that spends time with me all the time, like reading this damn book. Uh, So he just kept telling me, man, just hang in there, hang in there. It's going to get better. It finally did, man. And Mm -hmm. like the book promises you freedom. And it's not for me like – you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, yeah, I need to get a car. I got to have a fresh haircut. My shoes got to match for my shirt mm-hmm. during the meeting. No one gives a shit. Now it's about less for me and, like, this whole building my relationship and, like, just finding peace and being happy. Mm-hmm. And if you would have told me 5, 10, whatever years ago, 12, 15 years ago that I would be an active member of a 12-step program, Mm-hmm. laughed you in the face. I'm probably the most anti-12-step program person I've met. Mm-hmm. And I've had some crazy sponsees, yeah. but they're at least a little open. You were just like, nope, give not you the, doing it. Give you the finger, you're, f- you're fucking crazy. <laughs> That's so funny. Not doing and not wow. joining the cult. Mm-hmm. You know, this program has literally changed my life, mm-hmm. man. I'm comfortable in my own skin. I know I'm weird. I'm okay with it. You know, when I show up now and what's crazy is, is like sponsoring people and like being of service, helping people. I never thought in a million years that would be Mm -hmm. anything I would do because I was the most self-centered, selfish scumbag out there that I I just, I thought I was going to be can't get right forever. Yeah. And everyone loves you. Everyone loves you. Everyone loves working with you. You're a solid dude. Like, you know, like whenever I get calls for halfway, I'm always like, dude, the only place I'll send people is like this dude, you to just call this dude, you know, but hey, I appreciate you telling your story on hell has an exit. Hell does have an exit. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really cool hearing about your relationship with your mom. You know, you still see her all the time. Yeah. She lives in Palm Beach. She lives in Palm Beach. It's cool. Hey, well, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you. Love you very much. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.